Welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My mission is to help engineers develop their soft skills and break through the barriers of social anxiety to show up more boldly at work, create awesome friendships, improve their dating and relationships, and build lives that they love. Do you consistently doubt yourself? Do you feel like a fraud? Do you feel like people are going to find out that you aren't what you are supposed to be? Well, you might just have imposter syndrome. First, let me say that it is a completely valid question to ask whether or not you might be an imposter. If everyone felt zero self-doubt and felt fully confident doing all things, that would be an issue. Not everyone's qualified to do anything and everything. If you're here, odds are that you're an engineer who struggles with social anxiety and self-doubt, and it's likely that you might have imposter syndrome. My favorite blog, Wait But Why, you can find it at waitbutwhy.com, has an article that talks about certainty of thinking. He draws a graph where on the x-axis is your actual level of knowledge, and on the y-axis is your conviction level. So if you draw a 45-degree line through that graph, or y equals x, that line would represent humility. In other words, your conviction is equal to your level of of knowledge. If you don't have a lot of knowledge, you don't have a lot of conviction in that knowledge. And if you have a moderate amount of knowledge, you have a moderate amount of conviction, high amount of knowledge, high amount of conviction. That would be somebody who is humble or has humility about their level of knowledge. Now, if you think of that line again, and you are below that line, that means you are insecure about your knowledge. You have a lot of knowledge, but not very much conviction. And that is what we're here to discuss today. That is somebody with imposter syndrome. Somebody above the line, by the way, would be somebody who is overconfident in their knowledge. But we are talking about people who are insecure in their level of knowledge and understanding and skills. So I want to go through some mindsets that will help you because I believe that 80% of mastering anything is your psychology and 20% is the mechanics. That comes from Tony Robbins. One helpful mindset is that you do not have to know everything. And this one plagued me in engineering and otherwise because there are some jack-of-all-trades. And in certain meetings, they people might be discussing different Concepts from, I'm a mechanical engineer, they might be discussing things in electrical or software, or just a concept that maybe we covered in school but I hadn't, I didn't remember, or a concept that was from a topic that maybe even you could argue that I should know more about, but I just hadn't really taken the time to research. And that is okay. You do not need to know everything, and you can't be expected to know everything. When I came into the workplace, I had this idea that you are supposed to know how to do something before you do it. And I think that this comes a little bit from the school mindset, which is essentially you're given a lesson on how to solve a particular problem or a problem set, and then you're given the problem set that is using the stuff you just learned on how to solve the problem, and then you go and solve the problem. Well, (laughs) the real world does not work that way in the same to the same extent you do not have all of the information it's not given to you before you go to solve the problem 
you're not given lectures and you know homework and reading on how to solve a problem, then handed the problem. You're handed problems where you do not have all of the information that you need to solve the problem. You're going to have to make decisions with incomplete information. You're going to have to make decisions where you have to bring in other people, and that's a skill in and of itself is saying, okay, well, I don't have expertise in this area, but this coworker does. And being able to bring all that together, being able to be comfortable not knowing everything is so so important, and I found that to be really helpful. Just feeling comfortable not knowing everything in my job. It sounds silly, but that is something that really helped me is taking on that mindset. The next is to be aware of what are you afraid of happening. And it can, it can be easy to look at this on a surface level. Well, I'm afraid of somebody finding out I don't know something. Or I'm afraid of somebody finding out that I'm not intelligent enough. Well, let's dig a little bit deeper. So why are you afraid of somebody finding out that you don't know something? Well, to me, that might indicate that I am unintelligent. Okay, well, so what? What if they find out that I'm unintelligent? Well, digging a little bit deeper, that would mean that they don't think I'm worthy of you know, being hired there. And that might mean that I'd get fired. Or... That would mean, you know, I got a lot of praise and a lot of love and a lot of approval from people by being intelligent in the past. And if they were to expose me as a fraud in that way, that would mean that I was not worthy of love and that I might be alone and die alone and not have any friends and not have any any loved ones. This sounds silly, but this is often where our deepest fears come from, even when we are feeling stress, which is essentially the modern day form of fear. Oftentimes when we're feeling stress, what that really is, is just fear of some deep evolutionary survival need not being met. It's fear of some, or a threat to our survival or a threat to our ability to reproduce. So really break down and go as deep as you can on these levels of what am I actually afraid of? Because we often think it's a surface level thing, but it turns out it's this deep survival-based thing, and it's highly unlikely that it's going to happen, and it's not very logical. Next is to not expect perfection and to understand that others don't necessarily expect perfection out of you. And by the way, if they do expect perfection out of you, then they're being unreasonable, and you need to put a boundary up against those who might be expecting that. So one way that I've found that I can be expecting perfection out of myself is when it comes to productivity. I expect myself to always be doing something productive. And that comes at work when I'm expecting, you know, if it's a nine-hour workday, I'm expecting to get just to be the same amount of productive all nine hours. And that's actually not the way that humans work. We are not robots. You might have one or two hours that are more productive than the entire rest of the day put together. Especially when you think of big decisions. One big decision can be really highly leveraged. And especially if other people are going to execute that one decision, that one decision can be of much more importance than a bunch of time that I put in outside of that one decision, even though the one decision might have only taken five minutes. So, 
productivity does not happen linearly. And another area that I might expect perfection out of myself, again, is just knowing everything and having to know things without using Google or without asking questions. Another area that I might expect perfection is in having my energy level or my mood be the the proper way, so to speak. I expect myself to feel, feel positive all the time or I expect to always be speaking up when I see other people and especially, you know, being the engineer soft skills guy, I work on this stuff and I I try to build my social confidence and I try to build that muscle and yet sometimes I do not feel entirely comfortable talking to someone or I'm in my own head and I shy away from it. I can be perfectionistic about that and beat myself up over it. But learning to recognize where you're being perfectionistic and instead embracing what's called an optimalism mindset, which comes from the book The Pursuit of Perfect by Tal Ben-Shahar, he discusses instead of being a perfectionist, which is somebody that expects perfection in any and all things, be an optimalist, which is somebody who recognizes limitations, which is not to say, oh, I'm so limited, I'm so frail, I'm so fragile, I'm so weak and limited. It is to say, I recognize that I only have 24 hours in the day, and I'm probably only awake for 16 of those, and you know, there are limits on what I'm able to accomplish, and let's just do the best that I can within those human limits, rather than saying, I need to be absolutely perfect in all things. So embrace that optimalism mindset rather than perfectionism. The next is a growth mindset, and this comes from Carol Dweck's great book called Mindset, where she gets into the fixed versus the growth mindset, where the fixed mindset is believing that any and all traits are fixed. They cannot be improved upon. They are what they are, and there's no really getting better at them, right? I am a certain level of intelligence. I have a certain IQ. I have a certain ability in hand-eye coordination. I'm a certain level of athletic. And a growth mindset would be the opposite of that, which is the mindset we want to take on which is that you can grow in any and all skills. You, if you aren't good at something right now, through hard work, through deliberate practice, through effort, you can become better and better at that thing. And that is actually the model for how we get better at things, is by putting in effort and practice. So having this growth mindset and recognizing, okay, it doesn't actually matter what my current level of ability is. Or maybe it does to a small degree. But what matters much more is how much am I putting in to improve? How quickly am I learning? Am I learning the strategies for learning? Am I putting in time to focus on myself, to improve myself and get better at each and every one of these things that I feel I'm not necessarily in the place that I'd like to be right now? Next is consider how you are framing things. Are mistakes, are mistakes evidence that you're a failure or imposter? Or are they just a learning opportunity? Are successes something that you just quickly brush over and discount? Or are they something that you reflect on and feel proud about? So consider how you're framing things and consider where you might be discounting the great things that you've done and where you might be over-calibrating or over-considering the 
bad things that happened to you or the bad things that you did. Finally, discuss this stuff with someone. Find a friend at work or a mentor at work and tell them how you're feeling. If it helps, start super small. Start really maybe even semi-joking. Like I would maybe say something like, man, I'm just feeling stressed out about this project. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Or, you know, continuing on to ask them, do you ever feel dumb at work? This is something that I found really helpful. Is just even, I started very small with this, but just opening up a little bit at work and recognizing that I am not the only one at all with imposter syndrome. In fact, I find that nearly everyone I talk to experiences this on some level. I don't run into a lot of people who are just, absolutely confident in everything they do and think that it's just absolutely going to work and going to be phenomenal. I don't run into a lot of that. Instead, I run into a lot of people who are almost surprised to hear me say that. And they're like, oh, you have those thoughts? I have those thoughts too. Which can be a really cool and cathartic experience where you get to relate to these coworkers on a different level. And I think they like and respect you more for being the first one to open up about something like that. And then finally, you can ask for feedback. And this is helpful in the sense that we often have this imposter syndrome, but with no evidence. We don't actually know what our skills are. We don't know if we're good. We don't know if we're bad. And getting feedback, getting someone, if it's on a particular thing, maybe you feel imposter syndrome around your ability to analyze stress and strain, as an example. Get somebody's feedback who has seen your work and say, how am I doing at this? Am I doing well? What could I be doing better? And then rather than this imposter syndrome thing being entirely in your head, not knowing how good you are, thinking you're not very good, or even thinking you're really good, getting feedback from somebody that's actual real evidence in the real world where they can say, you know, you could be doing better in this way and that way. I think you'll be surprised how people are when you ask for feedback in the right way, they're happy to give it. And, you know, especially if you make the space open to, hey, you're you're welcome to, you know, tell me the negative as well. I won't take it hard. Um, I'm, I'm here to learn more. And this is just really helpful in the sense that it gets you actual evidence, actual data in the real world on where you stand. Because then it is no longer just in your head, your own ruminations on how you may or may not be good enough. So that is today's podcast on imposter syndrome. I hope that that helps. I have, through talking to a lot of engineers, I've gotten the sense that many of us experience this imposter syndrome. You're not alone. This is something that is highly common. And just going through this stuff, recognizing where it comes from, taking on each of these things that I discussed, taking on each of these points. So you might go through and just as a, as a summary, understanding where we are in that humility curve. Are we, you know, low confidence in our knowledge? Next, understanding that you don't have to know everything. Next, really breaking down what are you actually afraid of happening? And then not expecting perfection, not being a perfectionist, having a growth mindset, considering how you are framing things, discussing this stuff with someone and aiming to, you know, make friends with people who are going through similar experiences can be really helpful. And then finally, getting actual real-world feedback from people in the workplace. 
Again, that is it on today's episode of Imposter Syndrome. I hope that this has helped, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. If you're interested in more, you can go to engineersoftskills.com to check out more videos, podcasts, articles, and to download a free PDF called The Ultimate Guide to Soft Skills. This is a 25-page ebook covering the best of what I've learned on how to level up your soft skills to improve your social life, dating life, and career. Again, thank you for listening.